With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Here with you on Tuesday night, September 6th, as we head into September 7th, week number two of the college football season. Luke Yarda here with you, along with Scotty White, and we've got a great another week of Michigan football coming your way. Man, did it feel good to have some just some college football back. Full slate of games, man. It, it was awesome, Scotty. What's going on, buddy? It's going great, man. It was a great first week. Um, nothing to complain about from the Michigan game, so that's always good. Um, and just so many fun games to watch. You know, the first weekend's so fun when you get the Sunday night game and then the Monday night game, too. Just a long weekend of football. Um, obviously, that LSU-Florida State game was absolutely insane. Um, and it was just all around just a fun weekend. Yeah, there there was a lot of crazy games that were happening. Obviously, you know, LSU-Florida State kind of nightcapped it, but... Uh, North Carolina App State was nuts. Iowa South Dakota State was kind of crazy in its own right. Um, yeah. it, it was just a it was a great weekend of college football, and there's there's nothing quite like that first weekend having it back. Yeah, no, that, that those two games. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen seven points scored in the way that Iowa did it. Um, but they they won the game, so kudos to them. Um, and that App State game was funny. I, I saw the two point conversion and then turned it off and then checked the phone later and saw that there were two more touchdowns scored in the last. 30 seconds of the game man it's nuts yeah how many times do you see um a team a winning team have a majority of their points scored with two safeties like that just doesn't happen it it doesn't dude and then how often do you see a team score 40 points in the fourth quarter and lose it's it's and college lose. football yeah that's that's why it's the best game man it is. It is, man. And it was it was a fantastic opening weekend, obviously made a little bit better by a pretty, you know, 
no sweat opener, I guess we would call it for Michigan at the big house on Saturday, Colorado state coming in. We kind of knew what it was going to be. Um, though the game went kind of opposite of what I maybe thought was going to happen. Um, initially, so we talked about it on the, the pick and pot a little bit. I actually took Colorado State plus 30 and a half because, you know, Michigan's defense, I, I figured with the inexperience and Colorado State having uh, Norvell coming over, right? And he brought a bunch, six, I think, six offensive transfers from Nevada with him, knowing his system, the air raid. I thought the Michigan defense was going to get tested early on, you know, and then settle in and, and really dominate the game. But from the get-go, man, I mean, it was absolutely brutal for Colorado State. They could not get anything going. If I was Clay Millen, I would have faked an injury at halftime because that guy was getting absolutely beat up. Like, there's no way that he was feeling good after that game. And so many different guys uh, amongst that defensive front got involved. And I'll tell you what, if Mozzie Smith is eating double and triple teams all year, these edge rushers are going to be able to feast throughout the entire season. Dude, definitely. I mean, he was reminding me of Rashawn Gary back in the day, um, getting those double and triple teams. And, you know, sometimes all the tackles aren't going to show up on the stat sheet. But like you said, it's just opening things up for everybody else. Um, but yeah, dude, like we were, we were saying, we kind of thought that it could be a slow start. Um, and I honestly thought it was looking that way at first. You know, Michigan went three and out in the first possession. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado State got a couple first downs to start that second drive. But after that, I mean, the defense the defense was really a, not a huge surprise. I thought it was going to be a talented defense, but it didn't look like they lost anything. It didn't look like um, it was taking a long time to get back to where they were. Obviously, it's Colorado State. You know, you got to take these games with a grain of salt. Um, but that was great to see. And, and one of the biggest things for me that I'm looking for in these week one games when you're playing teams like Colorado State and getting into the Hawaii game in UConn is just to avoid injuries, man, because obviously mm-hmm. last year, Ronnie Bell going down in the first game against Western in a blowout. I mean, like nothing sucks more than that. Um, and you see that kind of stuff. I mean, an LSU player tore his ACL on a celebration. He's out for the season. Just those right. kind of injuries in week one are just so demoralizing. And and that was a huge thing. I was like nervous for it the whole game and it never came. So, so that was another huge positive. I, I will say one thing uh, regarding Michigan's game plan. I was a little surprised with what I saw on the first possession or two. Um, because, you know, we know the, the quarterback situation, you know, everything that's going on there. We'll get into that a, a little bit as well. But, I mean, you think back to last year, right? And you think back to the Western game early on. You think about the Washington game, even the Northern Illinois game for a little bit. Michigan was absolutely pounding the rock. Like, Cade, they were not asking Cade really to throw the ball at all, particularly those first two games against uh, Washington and Western. Um, And and then they come out and and they run it on first down and they got an excellent push up front, like a a really good push. I think, you know, first run went for four or five yards, but then Cade threw it on second and third down and uh, a a couple of really not good throws. He missed Cornelius Johnson, kind of short hopped him and then overthrew him to the outside on that third down. And you and you wonder if it was like, okay, we got you a run on first down. We're gonna let Cade throw it because at the end of the day, they're trying to to gauge the the quarterback position battle. And it seemed like a game plan even on the very next drive, ran it on first down, then went to the air. Ultimately, ended up in the Roman Wilson long touchdown run. But they were 
you know, they were getting Cade involved early, and you got to wonder if if the game plan was that to see, you know, how he's playing against a lesser opponent to go out there and sling it and try and win this job. Yeah, definitely. And I, I was kind of looking for that to see him pass the ball more than they typically would, just like you said, to see how he's going to do, you know, those first two games and the way that Harbaugh laid out the plan with the quarterbacks, it seems kind of like a tryout, like an audition. Um, yeah, I remember before the game, I saw um, some player prop for, for Blake Corum for over 106 yards. Um, I thought that was a for sure lock. Um, but him and him and Edwards just, you know, right about just about split, yeah. the, split the carries 13 for Corum, 12 for Edwards. Um, I think Corum finished with 86 yards, um, about just under six uh, per carry. So, I mean, both of them had great games. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Michigan is, is, is going to be able to impose their will on a lot of opponents in the run game. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes this week, too, against Hawaii, because they've been getting absolutely right. torn apart on the ground. Um, but also, you know, you want to see how JJ's arm is going to be because it's, it's his first start. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that playing calling is going to go too. Yeah. Like we'll get into the Hawaii stuff here, but they allowed, so it was a little better last week, but you have to take that with the fact that they played Western Kentucky and traditionally that's a team that's going to go ahead and air it out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they, they threw it what 44 times a week ago. Vanderbilt though had 44 rushing attempts for 404 yards and a 9.2 average against Hawaii. And that's like, and this yeah. and this Michigan offensive line can absolutely eat. Um I, I that's the that's the other thing, right? When we're talking about this quarterback battle is how much are we going to even see JJ have to throw it? It might not even go against the game plan, but if Michigan's able to get eight, nine yards of carry, I mean, he's not going to have a whole lot of meaningful throws in this game. Yeah. And I mean, just even when he's coming in and handing the ball off it, you have to respect the run that he, I mean, he had three carriers for 50 yards on Saturday. When he comes in, everybody knows that he's a talented, he's got a talented arm. He can throw the ball and they have to respect that. And then he can also run, dude. He's running fat. I saw something. He's running faster forties than, all NFL quarterbacks except for three. Um, yeah, the the run the running from McCarthy was what what really impressed me on Saturday. Um, he got in for a touchdown. Like I said, three carries for fifty yards. He's he's super fast. I mean, that was and and, and like I said, they've they've got to respect him for that, and it just adds this this whole other thing to his game that that McNamara just doesn't have. So I see a, a comment here as, by the way, if you're listening on the pod, we are live on the Mesa Brew YouTube page. We're going to be live throughout the season. Appreciate everyone that's in here right now. Uh, we got a comment from Open Minded Thinker. He said uh, the weather might be a factor for the Hawaii game. Just check that uh, on my Dark Sky app. Looks like it's just overcast 3% chance of rain, though there's some rain in that or around that time period for Sunday. So if that moves up to Saturday, we'll see You know what happens there. Uh, in terms of that, but if that's the case, you know, if there's like a whole lot of rain that's going to be in Ann Arbor on Saturday night, then Michigan probably really is going to be uh, leaning on the ground game quite a bit, which is, you know, I, I don't want to see that. Obviously, at the end of the day, I want to see J.J. McCarthy lead a couple of drives early on, right? We've we've seen him at different points, different games, and he's taken a lot of meaningful snaps, but at the end of the day, it's it's a throw here or a throw there. I want to see him lead some drives. I want to see him stand in the pocket and make some reads and make some throws. I know what he can do with his legs. 
You know, he's unbelievable. And, and it adds an entire other element to the offense. We, we saw it in his first carry, uh, the read option that went for a touchdown. I mean, that adds an entire another element to every defense that, you know, at the end of the day, Cade McNamara doesn't just doesn't have, you know, I want to see JJ go out there and lead some drives early on in a ball game, get a feel from the get go and see what he's able to do. So I hope the weather doesn't affect it. I hope they, you know, have him do that a little bit, but at the end of the day, like we just talked about like this Hawaii defense, man, they're so bad. Um, I mean, they allowed five yards of carry to Western Kentucky, you know, like, I mean, Michigan, Michigan could cover the 50 point spread, I think, without throwing a single pass all game. I legit believe that. So it, it's going to be it, it's going to be interesting to to see what they do, um, you know, and like you said, Michigan averaged what six, six yards of carry on Saturday. So uh, against Hawaii, it, it's going to be a lot easier for Michigan. Yeah, I mean. Colorado State's not a good team, but I mean, you got to think that they're better than Hawaii. Um, and, and I mean, I'm not trying to get too far ahead, but after that, it's UConn. So I mean, it's just some some really bad teams. Like it doesn't it doesn't get much easier than what Michigan's going to get the next two weeks. Um, and and you think back to you know Michigan just won by 44 against Colorado State. You think back to NIU last year and that first half. I mean, Michigan. I could see Michigan covering the 51 point spread in the first half, dude. And still without throwing <laughs> Yeah, I mean it it there's there's no real doubt regarding the game, obviously. Um I just uh, another thing I wanted to get to with this, right? Because there's there's been a lot of talk on social media. Really, it's you know, one guy in particular that is that's doing a lot um and stirring up a lot of controversy. Like at the end of the day, man. I personally, and I know this might be an unpopular opinion because it feels like everyone is trying to choose a side, you know, right now. I don't care who plays quarterback for Michigan. I really don't. If it's Cade, I'm going to root for Cade. If it's JJ, I'm going to root for JJ. Because at the end of the day, if you're rooting against one of those guys to to underperform, like you're leaving, you're rooting against Michigan scoring points, right? Like I, I'm yeah. not going to do that. Whoever is in there at quarterback, I want to see Michigan score some touchdowns at the end of the day. I truly don't care which one it is. Now, you can have your opinion on which one is better. But at the end of the day, like there, there is a lot of, you know, the, the feeling that you need to put down one guy in favor of the other. And I'm just not about that when it comes to my own team, you know, that, that I'm rooting for each and every Saturday. So I'm not going to do that. Whichever guy wins a quarterback battle. I have an idea of who I think is going to win it. I I truly believe that JJ is going to go out there and and absolutely dominate Hawaii, and there's there's not going to be really any doubt. But if it's not, if Harbaugh goes with Cade McNamara, I'm going to be perfectly fine. I'm going to root for twelve, and let's go get some points, man. Yeah, dude, we're on the exact same page. Um, and I, I saw something funny um, from the the Blue by Ninety guys. It was a step by step guide about how to handle this quarterback situation. Step one: don't be a dick. That's it. These are college kids. If you're rooting against one of them, like that is just weird, especially when you're a fan of the team. Um, yeah, I, I really don't understand that. Obviously, and we've talked about this so much, and it's honestly getting frustrating, like just to continue to see this and have to talk about it. But obviously, the coaches are going to make the right decision. You know, we've said this so many times. It's, it's crazy that we still have to talk about it. But, but at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen. Um, 
And yeah, I, I couldn't care less. Obviously, I, I'm on the same page as you. I think after watching the first game, to me, it looked like J.J. McCarthy was a better quarterback. Obviously, it was one game that could change. McNamara is going to play against Hawaii, too. He's probably going to play just fine against that Hawaii defense yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the same thing. I think J.J. McCarthy is going to win the job. Um, I don't see a scenario to where he has any struggles this weekend. Um, and, and just what he put on display Saturday just really showcases what he can do. Um, we talked about the legs. He also went four for four passing. Um, so I definitely am excited to see more of that. Um, but honestly, I just, I just hope that this whole quarterback thing is done soon. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm just kind of getting sick of all the stuff on Twitter and I really don't want it to get dragged on into conference play because, you know, Maryland is going to be a tough team. We've talked about that right after that is Iowa. I want it to get figured out as soon as possible um, and, and really just, you know, know who's the guy, have that guy, know that the guy so they can get acclimated. Everybody knows what's going on. Um, and, and, and the sooner, the better, you know? Yeah. We got this comment from Antoine Johnson as well. He said, JJ makes everything easier for Michigan. Even when the play breaks down, he just glides out of danger. And that that's ultimately the element that we saw a little bit on Saturday, right? There were a couple times where Cade did get into trouble and, you know, uh, on the run, uh, number one, the the short hop to Cornelius Johnson on the first drive. He, he got out of danger, and he did just fine, but he – I mean, it, it's an easy throw. He's got to make it. Maybe there were some jitters, you know, re- regarding the, the quarterback controversy, but the other time, you know, is that uh, down near the goal line – and Cade made a good play to, to save three points on third down because the left side of the line broke down on the, on the play. I, I believe this was when Barnhart was out – uh, and they, they had to move Keegan over to left tackle, put in uh, El Hadid at, at left guard. And it, it just, it that play, it, it got blown up. Cade rolled out to the right. There was no one in the area. Everything was flowing left on the play. But that's that's also a play, right, where, like Antoine says, JJ probably makes something out of it. Even if it's a sack, it doesn't take you out of field goal range. Cade made the right play to not throw it into danger. But being able to extend the play, and being able to find someone eventually, right? That is that's the intangible that JJ McCarthy brings to the offense. Now the the question is going to be like when you think back to to what Kate does well, it is managing those risks, you know. And getting three points there is a lot better than than zero. Ultimately, it wasn't going to affect the outcome because it was Colorado State. But in Big Ten play. That, that very much is going to be a thing that, you know, it, it's going to come down to it. And there's a whole other thing, by the way, right, is that I know they're going to be working on it. J.J. took off, had a big run. But that man did not get down. And he took a big hit, and he bounced right back up, right? There's a real good chance that at some point, whether it's for a couple of plays, a couple of series, maybe it's a quarter in the game, if JJ wins his job, there's a very real chance Michigan is going to also be relying on Cade McNamara at some point, right? So I handling it here with Hawaii and UConn, I still think getting them both reps in is really not that bad of an idea. No, I totally agree. I mean, at some point in this game, obviously, pretty quickly, it's going to get out of hand. Um, you know, if if JJ's the guy, there's no point in, in getting wear and tear and risking injury. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, you know, definitely, I mean, Harbaugh said Kate's going to play. Um, I kind of expect it to be pretty similar to what happened this week. Um, kind of see him a lot in the fourth quarter and in the second half. 
Um, but yeah, I know the exact play you're talking about. And, and those are the ones where I'm just like, oh my God, please get up because it scares me so much, especially in, right. in these games that, you know, it's already out of hand. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to have to work on that. I don't think we're seeing AJ take a slide, anything like that on one of his runs. And, and he's clearly a tough guy. But I mean, when those hits keep piling up throughout the season um, and eventually you, you take one in, in the wrong spot, that that could create a big problem. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, right? Like, I'm going to let the, the the quarterback situation kind of play out here. Uh, and at the end of the day, I think Michigan's got two very capable quarterbacks uh, to compete for a Big Ten championship here this year. Uh, you know, you, you talk about some of the other teams that they would potentially see down the line if that were to happen. We'll see. We'll talk about that when, when the time comes, you know, because Georgia and Alabama are two fantastic teams, but we're not, you know, putting, not putting the, the cart ahead of the horse here uh, too early on. I do want to talk a little bit about the defense that we saw on Saturday because my goodness, man, um, you lost ultimately three first round picks, right? Like I, I get it. David Ajabo was taken in the second round. He'd have been a first round pick if it wasn't for the Achilles uh, on the, and the pro day, you lost three first round picks on that side of the football, the number two overall pick in a Heisman finalist included. Um, and I know Colorado state, the offensive line, not great, whatever. But if you just like look at it, right. And see what they were able to do and guys, they were able to rotate in. Yeah. I mean, I was blown away, uh, to be quite honest with you. Like we said, Mozzie, I mean, he's just going to be eating double and triple teams and that's going to, that's going to free things up. But the depth, I think at edge and, and even inside that, that was the thing that got me, you know, Mason Graham, uh, getting the start. This kid is going to be an absolute stud. Loved yep. what I saw uh, from Derek Moore. Um, uh, how about Ayabi Anoma coming oh. in? He, he got here like less than a month ago. Yeah. And he's out here making plays. Dude just absolutely ran through two guys to make a sack in the first half. Uh, they got some They got some dudes on that defensive line. Yeah, dude, the defense was incredible. And, you know, we talked about some passion yeah, it's Colorado State, but we see what good teams do to the inferior opponents early on in the season, and they dominate. And that's exactly what Michigan did. I mean, they had seven sacks in the game. That was awesome. Junior Colson racked up ten tackles. He was the leader. Um, that was really. I was. I was thinking that the linebackers are going to be a really strong unit on the defense this year. And Junior Colson had himself a game. Michael yes, Barrett had yes, himself a game. Um, it was how about Mikey switching to yeah. defense was making plays all over the field. Oh yeah, dude. It was awesome. And, and another thing that was so big last year, the defense was so good, but something that they kind of struggled with was forcing the turnovers Two forced turnovers in the game, one yeah. returned for a touchdown and, and the pick six by Rob Moore was also almost returned for a touchdown too. Um, so that was great to see. I mean, they, they absolutely just dominated the game. They took care of business. There was nothing like we saw in, in 2017, um in 2019 early on where we're like oh this is kind of weird they're, they're they're struggling a little bit against the mm -hmm. bad team there was nothing like um especially on the defense i mean they took care of business and they flat out dominated the entire game yeah and, and even seeing a guy you know obviously it was great to see will johnson get as many reps as he did I, I know he got beat for the one touchdown but he had some nice plays and some good coverage out there uh as well i see a comment here uh, again talking about jesse uh, Minter's multiple defensive looks, dude, they were rolling like yeah. crazy. I mean, they were, they were switching up defenses, you know, they were disguising tons of things and you could tell, right. That this, 
this defense is miles ahead really of where they were a year ago because Mike McDonald's was, was installing a new system. And this is why Jim Arbaugh went out and got him to, to be the defensive yeah. coordinator because they have, I mean, they've picked up almost right where they left off with a bunch yeah. of new faces on that side. Yeah, no, they haven't missed a beat. Um, it was great. To, and yeah, Will Johnson I and mean, getting the young guys, the reps at this time of year, Dude, I, I would much rather have him get beat for a touchdown when we're up 44 to 0 yep. against Colorado State than later in the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, because he'll learn from that. Better. That's how that's exactly. how you get out there and learn. You go out and you get reps. Exactly. Yep. So, I mean, he's going to learn from that. He's going to be a hell of a player. I mean, there's a reason that he's he's getting these times early on as a true freshman. Um, yeah, that's a learning experience. Um, that's just going to make him better. Um, I mean, I, I zero complaints from the defense. They They did not skip a beat. And looking looking ahead to this Hawaii game on Saturday, uh, they they've got a really good chance to be able to feast here uh, again on this side of the football, man. Because Hawaii is going to come in, uh, looks like they are going to be trying to throw it quite a bit. Um, they've they've got Braden Shagger uh, through two games. He's forty of sixty eight, under sixty percent completion percentage. Uh, Joey Yellen has also thrown 31 passes for a 45% completion percentage. Neither guy has a touchdown. They've thrown five interceptions. Uh, Shager's INT rate is 5.9% against Vanderbilt and Western Kentucky. Um, yeah, they, they cannot really run the ball that well. They average 4.2 a carry against Vanderbilt, just 2.7 against Western Kentucky. It's it, it's going to be another feast in for this defense, and I know people love to talk about uh, the cupcake schedule for Michigan, but these this is exactly the reason you schedule some of these games because uh, they're just going to get more and more comfortable in in this scheme with this playing time, you know, that a lot of these guys didn't have a year ago. And by the time they get to Maryland, right in that high powered offense, I think after Hawaii and after UConn. They're gonna be they're gonna be feeling good and they're gonna be playing some good defense and all of those you know players you know that Maryland has because they do have a very good offense make no bones about it. Um, Michigan's gonna be ready for it and that's exactly why I think these three games set up quite well for them. Oh yeah, dude, I am very in favor of this schedule. I mean, obviously there are some um, kind of not as entertaining games. You know, you're not getting the you're not getting nervous or anything like that. I do um, like seeing Michigan score eight to nine touchdowns a game. Not I do as well. Game. It's fun. It's very fun. <laughs> that's, that's that's for sure. Um, sometimes it's, you know, I, I like those nail biters. Obviously, it takes years off my life, um, and it's sometimes very uncomfortable. But, I mean, those are the fun ones. Um, but, I mean, dude, you look at you look at Utah. I mean, even if they win out now, they might be out of the playoffs. So, I mean, right. I'm very in favor of the schedule of Michigan wins all of these games and then still loses to Ohio state at the end of the season, they could still get in. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I don't care who they're playing this defense, this offense, they're going to be confident going into the big 10 season. Yeah. And that's ultimately, you know what it is, right? Like that's, that's what you are looking for. Um, because especially with the kind of inexperienced team on, on one side of the football, just go out there and get that experience, get that confidence, and really be rolling. You know, offensively, they're not going to be challenged. That's the only the only downside here. You know, mm-hmm. but hey, it, it is what it is. I'd rather the defense be playing some good football, getting into Big Ten because Michigan's got enough weapons, and we haven't really seen the full firepower of the offense utilized yet. You know, because um, I mean, 
Roman Wilson, uh, we, we saw what he was able to do when he gets a ball in his hands. Cornelius Johnson did make, you know, a, a nice catch or two against Colorado State when they were able to get the ball to him. But we didn't get to see really a guy like Andre Anthony get a, a really good opportunity. Ronnie Bell just got the one uh, across the middle. I'm very excited to see what he's able to do as he gets a little more comfortable being back out there. So we'll see if that's the case here against Hawaii this this Saturday. You know, are they going to try and get these guys more involved or – like we've talked about, are they going to get Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards rolling? Or do you, or on the flip side too, right? Do you kind of want to limit their touches because they're not the, the, I mean, Donovan Edwards is a big guy, right? There's no question about that. Blake Corum, not so much, but do you really, you know, want these guys to be racking up the carries early on in the year? Like they're not Hassan Haskins at the end of the day, right? They're not yeah. converted linebackers to the running back position. Right. Um, so that, that's another thought too. Like, yeah, you, you start moving it on the ground, but you might start throwing so, some different passes because you have such a deep wide receiver room. There's plenty of targets to spread around and you know, you're going to be able to do it against Hawaii. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Michigan's definitely got some tricks up their sleeve, but at the end of the day, Michigan knows they don't have to do anything special to get the easy wins here. Um, and, and it goes back to that injuries things too. You know, you don't want to risk injuries when you're playing teams like Hawaii and stuff. Um, so I think that it's really going to be a lot of the basic stuff here. I mean, Michigan can just run the ball down their throat and use a ton. Of, I mean, dude, CJ Stokes looked great in that game. Against yeah. Colorado he, oh State. God, does he, he got some speed? Oh yeah. And I mean, he's going to get a ton of touches against Hawaii too. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys, uh, Dunlap, he's going to, he's going to get some more touches as well. I mean, you don't want, I mean, obviously we had Haskins last year when, when Corum was injured getting what 25, 30 carries a game. But like you said, I mean, the dude's an absolute beast. Um, but I mean, there's just no point of doing it right now. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be spread out a lot. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was an absurd amount of wide receivers that caught passes. I don't think anybody had more than two receptions, but there was an absurd amount of players that had receptions last game. Um, and I think that's the way to do it right now. I mean, you don't want, you just, I just can't stress enough how nervous I am about injuries, dude. Um, so I, mean, I, think, I think that's the way to go. Just, just spread it out. Just don't, don't, don't risk anything and, and, and go in and get that easy win. Yeah. So no one caught more than two passes. Roman Wilson, Cordelius Johnson, and Colson Loveland all caught two passes. But here's the list of players that did catch a pass. Roman Wilson, Eric All, Cordelius Johnson, Colson Loveland, CJ Stokes, Matthew Hubner, Blake Corum, Ronnie Bell, Luke Schoonmaker, Hunter Neff, A.J. Henning, Andre Anthony, Donovan Edwards, Peyton O'Leary, and Max Bredson. Wow. They spread it out. That, yeah, I, I would say that is... Uh, that's very spread out, man. Yeah, I mean, oh they've my got God. the the depth on the offense and the amount of weapons. I mean, they can do that. There's just so many yeah. guys on that side of the ball. Yeah, and and again, we're not we're not going to learn a lot about uh, this team. But the the one thing that I did mention, Scotty and I talked about it. Winning games against Colorado State, like Michigan did. By the way, 1-0 ATS. They were the number one team in the country against the spread last year. I think just the one loss against the spread that came to Michigan State. Um, winning those games like that, that is what good teams do. That is what the great teams do. Yep. Like, make no mistake about it. Do are Michigan Has Michigan been tested? No. But when you're good enough to go out and beat teams like that, like Iowa should have done it to uh, South Dakota State, they didn't. You know there were some other teams. NC State should have beat East Carolina a whole hell of a lot worse uh, than than the Wolfpack did. They should they have didn't. lost. <laughs> yeah, they should have lost that game. Absolutely. 
And that's what I'm saying. Go back to 2019 when Michigan struggled with Middle Tennessee State for a while, when they had to go to double overtime with Army. Go back to 2017 when they almost lost to Cincinnati and Air Force. The good teams, the great teams, they take care of business exactly the way Michigan was able to against Colorado State. Yeah, man. Good teams win, great teams cover. Michigan covered with ease. And I mean, the more, look at last yeah. year. We didn't we didn't expect we, we thought Michigan was going, you know, nine and three a year ago. Yeah, and we could have we could have learned a lot looking in hindsight from the Western, the Washington, and the Northern Illinois games, even though those were not great teams. The writing was on the wall given their performances in those games. Yeah, they take care of business. And the more and more we talk about this team and this upcoming game against Hawaii the more I think that even though it's a 51-point spread, that Michigan's going to cover it because gr- good teams win, great teams cover. Yeah, I, I'm still – that that spread's got to go a lot higher for me to not be on the Michigan side. I just know yeah. I should have jumped on the 46 uh, right yeah. away. Support for Brewcast brought to you by Manscaped, best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products, precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and we've got you covered here with Brewcast and Maze and Brew. We want you to get the Performance Package 4.0. It comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer with, trimmer with the Nick Guard. It does the job. Weed Whacker is the ear and nose hair trimmer. It's got the deodorant, the toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag, an overnight bag to hold all the goodies. We're getting you 20% off and free shipping Insert code MNB20 at manscaped.com. That's MNB20 at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So, man, has it been good to be live here once again. I appreciate everyone that's been in the chat. I love to see it rolling again, man. Tell your friends we're going to be doing this weekly. We are going to be generally doing it on Monday night. So uh, yesterday with it being Labor Day just didn't quite work out, but we're hoping to go Monday nights around 7.30 or 8 o'clock. So make sure you subscribe to the Maze of Brew YouTube page. Tell all your friends to do it as well because we want more people. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, Big thank you to to all you guys, Nasty Porch, Antoine, Johnson. I love hearing from you guys. Open-minded thinker. We we really appreciate it, man. Always good hearing from you guys. Wolverine Maniac, appreciate you hopping in here as well. So we'll be back every Monday. We'll let you know. You can follow us on Twitter. Scotty, where, where can we find you, my man? Uh, yeah, you guys can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty White underscore. Um, and yeah, just keep telling your friends and come out here, you know, hang out in the comments, makes it fun for us. Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Gardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I, or just follow the Maze and Brew Twitter page as well, uh, because we're going to be blasting it out on there. We'll let you know when we're going to be going live each and every week. Looking forward to another great one Saturday night when Michigan welcomes in Hawaii and already looking forward to Brewcast next week uh, when we talk about it. For my partner, Scotty White, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.